The Big Fight Weekend Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and get a $500 risk-free sports bet by downloading the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com to start winning today. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com to get a $500 risk-free bet from us at Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you in part by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in the Best Ball Mania 2 and a chance to win a million bucks. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store to download it today. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Reeves. Yes, indeed. Ring the bell. We are back for another edition of the Insight on the Sweet Science. We're ready to talk some boxing. We're ready to help you because there are multiple worthwhile main event fights, not only in the United States, but one more time, it's Fight Camp over in the UK for Matchroom Boxing. And we're here to sort through what are the odds, who are the faves, who are the underdogs, what should we be looking at right here on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. I am the somewhat lucid, somewhat capable host of the show. Momentarily, Marquise Johns will be here with me, senior writer for the website, bigfightweekend.com. Later on in the podcast, uh, one of those title fights is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I promise I am not going to sing Living on Tulsa Time, the country song, but that is what they're doing for the Andrew Maloney-Joshua Franco third fight. Or is it really the third fight? Because the second fight was ruled no contest. They had a fight, but it's not officially a fight. So is this officially the third fight? Is this officially the second fight? I don't know. But in any event, uh, ESPN top ranks, uh, Christina Poncher will be here. Christina has been a longtime uh, person involved with Top Rank, involved with ESPN, has been on the play-by-play call of ESPN Plus's coverage of Top Rank's fights for the last couple of years. She will make history Saturday night along with Michaela Mayer, the WBO featherweight champion, the ladies featherweight champion. They will become the first ever female tandem of broadcasters to be working a world championship a men's boxing card any broadcast anywhere. And again, their broadcast will be the international feed when it comes time for the big feed on ESPN where Joe Tessitore, Andre Ward, and Tim Bradley are calling it. That's what we'll hear in the United States. But Christina will be calling it everywhere else, including in Australia where Andrew Maloney is from, trying to recapture his title in the junior bantamweight division against Joshua Franco. So Christina Poncher with us. Later here in the podcast, not too far away, reminder, however you found us, social media link through the Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. However you found us, subscribe away to this podcast 
and it will come automatically to you, usually on Fridays by late morning, early afternoon, Eastern time. We are up with a weekend preview and always excited to set the table on all the fights for the weekend. Sometimes there are fights on Friday night. Uh, sometimes, and most of the time, it's multiple fight cards on Saturday now with everything that is unfolding. So again, if you're subscribed, you'll get the podcast. So subscribe away on all the podcast platforms. And again, thank you publicly to Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, everybody with the Sports Gambling Podcast and the network fleet of shows, as I like to say, for helping us promote on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Great to be here, TJ. Once again, it's uh, Boxing Armageddon because boxing decided to promote all their cards all on one Saturday, that Saturday being August the 14th. Well, that's the good news is that we have lots of fights to go over and uh, championship fights. Obviously, as I mentioned, Franco Maloney. Uh, I also uh, I don't think I mentioned this in the first little roll call, but we've got plenty of time to bring it up. Uh, we've got a Bantamweight world title uh, fight between John Real Casimero of the Philippines uh, going against uh, Guillermo Rigondeau. And uh, that is the Showtime uh, main event out of Carson, California, the Dignity Health Sports Complex, which you keep jokingly referring to as the punch bowl, but they, they want to call it the war grounds around there. So we've got that fight card. We've, we've got Virgil Ortiz in action on the Golden Boy fight card, non-title fight for the unbeaten welterweight contender out of the Golden Boy stable, uh, fighting Mean Machine, Cavalascas, uh, in Frisco, Texas also, man, it's just, it's a bevy of fights. We actually have uh, plenty to talk about later on in terms of wagering odds, et cetera. Absolutely, TJ. And it's great that we have these fights on because these fights are pretty much a lot of crossroads fights and a lot of 50-50 fights, TJ. And as you know, these past few weeks we've been on here, uh, not the strongest of matches but we've been able to report on, but this weekend, totally different story. Well, and one thing before we get to the news of the week real quick, and again, Christina Ponchern a little bit, and then gambling uh, and uh, and fight pick advice coming later here, as always, as part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Big Fight Weekend. Um, we, we have had one gut punch after another. So we, we lost the Teofimo Lopez title defense with George Cambosis for now, postponed, don't know when that's happening for the undisputed lightweight title. This is after Lopez tested positive for COVID-19. See if we have a theme coming here. Uh, then we lose Tyson Fury's WBC heavyweight title defense against Deontay Wilder, which was supposed to be a couple of weeks ago. Marquise, what was the reason? Because of? It was COVID. COVID-19. We lose the Connor Ben main event in fight camp a couple of weeks ago in England. The welterweight contender over in the UK, the son of Nigel Ben. He was supposed to fight veteran contender Adrian Granados, but was unable to fight him because of Marquise. The theme again? COVID-19. Um, and, and now uh, we have another we have another fight upcoming. David Benavides, super middleweight contender, supposed to headline on Showtime. Large crowd expected in his hometown of Phoenix, Arizona. End of the month, a couple of weeks from now, that fight now off. And Marquise, tell me again why. COVID-19, TJ. Clearly the fighter of the year, TJ, no matter who person you want to think of. If you, people want to say Canelo, Stephen Fulton, whatever name you want to bring up, clearly it's COVID-19 is the fighter of the year. We can stop that argument right now all day. Any day. It's taken out all these different fights and opponents. And can we just add here that for guys to not be vaccinated, again, I said this specifically about Fury, but now that we have had four different significant fights, a couple of them world title fights, either delayed or canceled altogether because of this. If you're not at least going to be vaccinated, how are you not more careful on who is around you 
with negative COVID tests, social distancing. It's just crazy. This is a clown show as a quick comment before we get into some more specifics. Absolutely, TJ. And it's, it's, it's all rolling downhill and downhill fast, and it's killing main events, TJ. And you just mentioned four of them. These were four big-time fights. I mean, give or take how people feel about uh, Benavidez Uskatagi. The people underneath that undercard pretty much sold the tickets for that fight, and that's all by the wayside now because of this, only because people aren't vaccinated. It's just that simple. <laughs> Um, all right. And that leads us into the other big news from earlier in the week. And this was not COVID-19 related, but on the eve of, I don't, I don't think it's wrong to say maybe the most anticipated fight of the year, certainly the most anticipated non-heavyweight title fight was upcoming between uh, eight division world champ, Manny Pacquiao and unified world welterweight unbeaten Errol Spence. That is now gone bye-bye because Errol Spence in all seriousness, not COVID-19, has a torn retina, left eye, discovered uh, by the Nevada doctors during pre-fight medical examinations and checkups, a la Sugar Ray Leonard, shades of Sugar Ray Leonard of 40 years ago, although that was a detached retina. This is an actual tear of the retina that he's already had surgery for. And boy, Marquise, you talk about a lightning bolt just out of the blue. Suddenly on Tuesday, there was the announcement. It is... Uh, it is done for Spence to be involved, and he's having eye surgery the next day, which he did. And now the Cuban-born Jordanis uh, Ugas steps in on about 11 days' notice to be the opponent for Manny Pacquiao. What is your reaction to all of that, Marquise Johns? It's really a tough break for Spence, TJ, because I don't know if you know if, if people have been following boxing for a while. We have been hearing Spence won the fight Manny Pacquiao, I think, TJ, for about – give or take eternity and that's just all feeling by the wayside now because of this because of what happened with his uh, his uh, torn retina and it's a very serious thing as you well know tj i talked to a, a bunch of folks who i know who have, who have had the same issue uh one person i want to name drop in, in particular uh local local media friend uh, Derek sharp has a detached retina yet that's the whole surgery process and he mentions that he's still seeing colors and spots to this day tj which is very important when you're trying to call play-by-play for baseball so i it's a very serious thing it's a very serious injury and we don't know how bad it is or if he's going to be able to come back, recover and actually even fight again. We, TJ, this is pretty much uh, – unfortunately, this wasn't self-inflicted like the last time T- Spence was out with the, with the flip Ferrari. This is just, you know, just trying to just get ready for his Pacquiao fight, you know, and it's, done, it's gone, and we'll never know what happens. So a couple, of, a couple of points uh, that need to be made. The first thing is on your point about being serious – Uh, In listening to a couple of ophthalmologists, a couple of eye surgeons talk about this surgery, it is now a fairly routine surgery. Although I often often think of uh, the late Southern humorist, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution columnist, Louis Grizzard. He was a huge college football fan, a huge sports fan, as well as being a Southern humorist and Southern writer. And he said, the only surgery that's minor or routine is the one that's on somebody else. If the surgery is on <laughs> you, it ain't minor, it ain't routine. So they can talk about it being a routine eye surgery. But this is probably 60 days and more than likely 90 days before he will be able to do much of anything. Sure, he could cardio, he could road work, but in terms of being able to do anything uh, boxing-wise, eye-hand coordination, not going to happen. I don't care who you are with this. And Sugar Ray Leonard wasn't right from the detached retina, which – Again, depending on who you talk to, the detached retina can be considered worse because literally, I don't want to be too graphic here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast, it is what it sounds like 
where your retina detaches completely from your eyeball. And when it does, there's fluid buildup and you see the redness in the eye, sometimes swelling. Uh, because of that, that's a detached retina where it comes. Now, if it is torn, which in this case, it was not completely torn and detached, that's repairable. But in hearing some say this, it's, it's oftentimes a lengthier rest and rehab on the torn retina, which is what Errol Spence had. I know the podcast audience is listening to this going, ooh, ah, I can hear him in the distance. I didn't sign up for an ophthalmology exam, Marquise, on this. But my point is, if you're thinking that Errol Spence would be ready to fight, let's say in November, ain't happening no chance you're looking you're looking at maybe december probably january realistically at the earliest before he would be ready to fight and it might not even be that soon after this serious of an injury so i just thought i would share that all right so your reaction because your dennis ugas uh cuban born former bronze medalist in the olympics for the cubans uh, he's been a professional now for some 10 years. He's 35 years old. He lost a couple of important fights. He did win a WBA secondary lesser bout uh, earlier this year. That put him in position to be on the undercard as the co-feature. Well, he now slides in for Spence. Marquise, what is your reaction now that that's, that's the top bill and he's facing the future Hall of Famer? It's an interesting fight, TJ, only because what, what, uh, the style that Ugas brings is one that's not exactly conducive to one that Pacquiao was probably training for with Spence. And also because what, what Ugas is, he's a tricky southpaw as well, TJ. And it's one of those fights with Ugas. He, he got this position, as you mentioned before, by beating Abel Ramos in one of these bubble shows during this pandemic. And, but pretty much what, what, what's the fun liner note about this, TJ, is that now this fight, uh, to, it can be for Spence's belts, the IBF and the WBC belt. It is now for the WBA belt that they stripped Manny Pacquiao from and denied yep. him access for it to get back. So the, the grunge match for Pacquiao to get the belt that he already pretty much he thinks already had one in hand when he beat Keith Furman two years ago uh, is in play now at this point. Okay, so I, I you know, you and I, uh, you have been a longtime resident of the Bay Area, as have, as have I. And we're not talking about Northern California. We're talking about Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater, the Tampa Bay Area yeah. in Florida. Champa Bay, baby. Um, mm -hmm. And the only thing that I kept thinking was that Keith Thurman is on the outside looking in on all of this. And Thurman had the fight the last time Pacquiao was in the ring and lost to him. And if Thurman had somehow had a fight, was in training, was ready to go, it would have it would have seemed like a natural to plug Keith Thurman in there for the rematch more so than Ugas, even if it was not for a quote unquote title, it would have made more sense. But we don't know what kind of shape Thurman's in. He hasn't fought in two years. He has chosen not to fight anybody through the pandemic, the the come out of the pandemic. So Ugas gets this opportunity, and Thurman, uh, I, I think, unfortunately, is going to have to take a tune-up fight, a stay-busy fight with somebody to get relevant again, or he might have been the guy, Marquise, here to slide in on the emergency. Absolutely, TJ. And it's funny you mentioned that uh, Keith Thurman for the rematch. It's a fight that I think actually would have made a lot more sense, honestly, in terms of if they're trying to keep everyone, you know, not trying to cancel or revoke their pay-per-view ticket or their plane tickets out to Vegas for uh, in a couple of a couple of weeks. But and apparently Thurman was not in shape. And last time we also we also Thurman was on the on the pre-fight show for him talking about hey him talking about him facing Manny Manny Pacquiao and Earl Spence and him wanting the winner of it. Well. He can wait for the winner of this fight, maybe. Yeah, not likely, but here we are with that as well. It's it's very 
kind of unfortunate, DJ. <laughs> And again, for Ugas, he gets the golden ticket. I'm sure he'll get a little money bump. Pacquiao's going to sell some tickets. Speculate with me, how much do you think this is going to hurt the live gate? Because my understanding was they had done very well with ticket sales. And I don't know how many people are asking for the refund, how many people are going to hang in there because it's Pacquiao's return. And we should say it could be his final fight. We don't know. He's 42 years old. So that's part of maybe the sales pitch is come see Manny Pacquiao maybe for the last time, right? Yeah, TJ, because the undercard of this, this pay-per-view, TJ, has uh, Victor Ortiz taking on Robert Guerrero, which would have been a great PBC main event back in 2015 when they were still on Versus. But nonetheless, <laughs> that's, an, that's on the main event of this pay-per-view card, nonetheless. But no, it's, it, I really think, TJ, that uh, a lot of folks probably aren't going to cancel because of that the idea of it being Manny's last fight. And, and all indications, TJ, from, from what I've gathered is, He's not Manny's not really speaking about waiting around for Earl Spence's eye to heal up here either. He has uh, senator and presidential duties that hopefully they're doing the Philippines at the next year. So this this probably will be it. Well, and keep in mind on his timeline, he has a he has an idea of fighting this summer and potentially fighting next winter, like December, January, February, because the Filipino Senate will go back into session. He's a senator in the in the national politics. But he, as you said, may be declaring that he's running for president and that presidential election is next year, if my understanding is correct. So, I mean, if Pacquiao wins and wins convincingly, you never say never, but you could see him walk away and say, thanks, everybody. I had one more big fight two years after my win over Keith Thurman. And I have to believe he's getting most of his money. You know, all this controversy about would Canelo Alvarez get all of his money uh, with a late replacement can we can we just stop the two comparisons uh, on the two points that Ugas is a much more credible opponent than anything Canelo Alvarez would have picked on short notice all right that's number one yes. and number two he's under well three points number two he's under the control of PBC as a late replacement opponent and Pacquiao is signed to a multi-fight deal again my understanding is they have an option on another fight which after this uh, Spence fight was going to be another fight. Canelo Alvarez was wanting one and done. And so that's why they would not agree to the whole emergency thing. You keep your money. I got to believe my point is Pacquiao's getting most of his money. If he has one more heroic night where he wins over Ugas, I could see him maybe saying, I'm going to run for the presidency of the Philippines and I'm not fighting anymore. That's just me. No, that's me as well. Too TJ. I think if he wins, he's going to go out on top. I, the only way I see him even even hanging around in the bizarre event is that this fight with Ugas becomes some weird like head clash or some sort of strange no contest bizarro event like the like the main event of Fox last Saturday night. Or he but loses. That, or not. he or, or he, he loses. loses. Yes. Then it would be a motivator. Yeah, I don't want to go out on a loss. Yeah, that's it. There's, there's no other way I can see Pacquiao staying after that because he, uh, he he has his, he's had his eyes set in this politics and this presidential thing for a long time now, and that's all that's all but all put into motion at this point. All right. Well, so we'll find out on that. You mentioned you alluded to the WBA is involved now as this is a world title fight, air quotes, for whatever the WBA is worth. We have constantly made fun of of the WBA having more titles than they have menu uh, choice items at McDonald's. So uh, <laughs> extra value meal, supersize me, happy meal. Uh, I haven't tried this spicy Regular chicken title. sandwich. <laughs> Uh, so this is this is the WBA crisis point right now. Long storied organization. They and the WBC are the two long storied boxing organizations of 50 years or more. 
the WBA has been a chaotic mess, if not a corrupt chaotic mess for a long time. And it reared its ugly head last Saturday. Marquise, go over the details of the Michael Fox uh, versus Gabriel Mastre fight. The co-feature, speaking of welterweights, co-feature fight, premier boxing champions from Minnesota last Saturday. Pick it up, Marquise Johns, bigfightweekend.com, because it's a, it's a boatload of problems. Absolutely, TJ. And what may be, and I, and I wrote for Big Fight Weekend, what will probably go down, TJ, honestly, is the worst decision we'll see all decade in terms of boxing uh, scorings up. Mikhail Fox pretty much outboxed the Maestri for, for an easily, easy 10 rounds at most. At least 10 rounds. But Floored him earlier hurt. in the fight. Floored him early in the fight. In the Knocked fight. him down. Yeah. Knocked him down as well, and then went, 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 it went the distance. And after 12 rounds, they all rang completely the other direction for uh, Gabriel Mastre, which was an, a complete and utter robbery on, on the level that even crooks were like, man, that's messed up. And it, <laughs> and it got to the point where be, it, people were figuring out beforehand there was an like, issue with Mastre's gloves beforehand as well, and they just kind of did the whole sh shimmy uh, deal with that as well. So it's kind of funny, TJ. How do you cheat and still uh, – you cheat and you, and you still win because you had guys fix the cards. And that's kind of what happened here. And one of the, one of the judges, uh, Gabe, uh, Gabriella Rizzo, I want to say her name was. Uh, the, Gloria Martinez Gloria Rizzo. Martinez yes. Rizzo. Yeah, her, her card of 117-110, which is pretty oh. consistent, by the way, TJ. It, whenever there's a bad WBA scorecard, as you well know, TJ, there's always it seems to be that one person making it 117-110. It's very she, ironic. She, in other words, scored the fight 10-2 to for Mastre, the Venezuelan. By the way, the WBA based in Venezuela, Venezuela. <laughs> with concerns that Gilberto Mendoza, the head of the WBA, is financially involved in, 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 in Maestre's uh, career. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, she scored 10 of the 12 rounds, which means she only gave uh, Michael Fox the round that he knocked down uh, Maestre and one other round. It's just uh, beyond incompetent. It is corrupt. It, it is uh, something that should be investigated. So the latest on the news of it, she is suspended. She is suspended not only for that reason, but for racist tweets yeah. Uh, that that it, that surfaced and were out there, uh, where she is referring to the former first lady of the United States as monkey face, Michelle Obama. Marquise, this woman should never work a professional fight anywhere again. Agreed. Agreed. And also, TJ, she shouldn't be anywhere, probably in the United States, saying these questionable things. And I think she's based out of Miami, so she may be all right there. But no, and, and pretty much, TJ, what happened now at this point, because because everyone shook these folks down at the WBA uh, from the top down. Uh, I got to get credit where credit is due. Kevin Ioli and Lance Plugmeyer were one of the, uh, the, the folks at Yahoo were there on top of it, pretty much shaking uh, Mendoza down, asking questions. And the problem with it, TJ, and why this took so long was the, the answers that Mendoza was saying was the generic statements that you say when you, you know when when things are bad where it's like oh we'll look into it we'll do an investigation we, we no one needs the investigation this is pretty obvious as night and day that this is bad this is fixed unfix it and correct it and it took the uh, the american boxing commission out of all things the abc to step in and forgot for those who haven't heard of the abc commission in so long it's probably been about three decades because the last time i heard of the abc commission tj involved larry holmes the ibf in 1985 so it's been a long time of these guys yeah the association of boxing commissions is now threatening the wba we we will not allow you to operate in our different states your your commissioners won't be around you're not going to have say so in judges things like that because of your shenanigans 
Yeah, not just specific them. to this fight the other night with Fox and Maestre, but it, it has become uh, it really apparent with all the different titles they have that it's just uh, it's convoluted, it's chaotic, it's dubious, and it's corrupt. Um, again, Mendoza has been doing more backpedaling than an NFL defensive back, and we got yeah. training camps kicking up in the preseason, <laughs> so they suspend the judge Martinez indefinitely, the female. And she, she's going to end up being eradicated and will no longer be a judge here in this. The WBA on Thursday, we're releasing the podcast on Friday, has kicked it back to the Minnesota Combat Sports uh, Department, their commission, and has said, you do something about this. You overturn it. Not the WBA saying we're calling it a no contest. They say it's up to the Minnesota commission to do something about this. What is your reaction to that, Marquise? It's pretty disappointing, TJ, because as as I mentioned before, it's not enough. Whereas, because because the problem is, is they, they got rid of the one judge for racist tweets and whatnot. That's fine and all dandy. What about the other two morons who judged this fight for Mastray, who was seen on Instagram on, on on social on Instagram Tuesday with a fixed picture of congratulations from the Venezuelan president? I mean, if you wanna <laughs> if you wanna hide your corruption, guys, this is why the ABC kicked in, TJ. They saw these photos, and it's like, guys, you got to do better than this. Pull your pants up. And that's kind of what's going on here. And it's very it's, – it's, it's unfortunate. And it got to the point, TJ, where they threatened to make them the WWF of boxing, where it's like, hey, your fights won't be sanctioned in the U.S. anymore if you don't do anything. So that's why we're getting all this back. And obviously the WBA is not going to come clean here and say, hey, we were corrupt – so rule it no. a no contest. They want Minnesota to say this yeah. decision was corrupt. Eliminate it. Yeah. Deny, 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 as they say to anyone who's guilty, TJ. And that's that's what the WBA is doing here. Unfortunately, TJ, there's a there, the reasonable doubts long gone on this. And they just need to either, either take the deal, as McCoy would say, or move on. <laughs> well, uh, again, uh, there's uh, there's more to this later on uh, involving WBA title fights. And we mentioned the Ugas fight now with Spence is only for his uh, super or world championship, the WBA belt that Pacquiao used to have. But the WBA had said a couple of weeks back, two or three weeks back, you've been inactive for so long, we're going to leave Ugas as our world champ here in hopes that he would fight the winner of Spence and Pacquiao. Well, now he gets to fight Pacquiao first for the WBA's belt, this same organization that Marquise and I are railing on. And, oh, by the way, we're going to find out who the judges are, and I don't think the WBA is going to have anything to do with it. They're not going to be within 100 miles of it after the fiasco in Minnesota last week. So, again, we'll wait to see. You may already know what Minnesota did or didn't do. At the minimum, let's wrap it, Marquise. Fox should get the fight again, not Fox the TV network. Michael Fox, the, uh, the fighter from the, uh, the Maryland area, he should get yes. the fight again with Maestre and get another crack at him. We hope that that, that, that happens. We'll see if it happens. I hope so, TJ. I'm thinking he does. I'm assuming that at some point, whatever, whatever person answers the phone for the Minnesota Department of Labor or whatever have you, we'll make this a no contest and we'll, do, we'll, we'll at least get that ball. He doesn't deserve a loss. Now Not that we all. know all that we know, we saw how, how one-sided the fight was. He doesn't deserve an L on his record So no. for that. So we'll wait to see on that. All right, Marquis, stand by. As we mentioned, Christina Poncher is coming up. Top-ranked boxing's coverage of the Joshua Franco-Andrew Maloney third fight. More controversy, Marquise. The second fight was a no contest, although Andrew Maloney still claims to this second as we get ready for Saturday night that he should have been awarded a TKO win 
in their second fight. Franco won the fight by lopsided decision the first time. The rematch, Franco believes, should have been a second-round TKO. Instead, it was ruled no contest on a on a dubious, here's the word again, a headbutt. Christina Poncher will help sort it out. She'll talk about making boxing history on the play-by-play call with Michaela Mayer from Tulsa, Oklahoma, Saturday night on ESPN Plus and ESPN and the international feed. That is coming up as we continue along. Fight picks and odds also upcoming here as we continue. But first, we're brought to you by our friends at WinBet. Are you ready to win money and boost your odds? Well, WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And we're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You've got exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all the favorite teams, the players, the sports. We've got the NFL starting up soon. Uh, Major League Baseball is ongoing. You've got the golf. You've got the MMA. Uh, Pretty soon the NBA will be back. The NHL will be back. College football and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. We have what you need with WinBet. If you're ready to play, sign up today. Get a special offer. Get a risk-free $500 bet from us at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network by just downloading and using our promo code SGPN. Download the WinBet app. Visit wynnbet.com. That's wynnbet.com to find out more right now. If you're ready to play, if you're ready to win, they're the premier sports betting experience. Download, bet, and win with WinBet. And we're brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. And the football season is ready to kick off, and PropSwap is here to make this your best season ever. Because with PropSwap, your bet doesn't have to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. An example, the Atlanta Falcons right now are an 80-to-1 underdog to win the Super Bowl. Now, you might think that's ridiculous, but they have the easiest strength of schedule in the league. So if you think they'll get off to a hot start, go ahead and make the 80 to 1 bet before the season. Make it right now if you want to, and then sell that for a big profit after only a couple of weeks. The average seller on PropSwap makes over $500 a month just by listing and selling tickets. And when making your bets, remember, go for two. Make two tickets on the same team. You can sell one for a profit and leave one for yourself for skin in the game. Again, your bet doesn't necessarily have to win. It just has to improve. Think of it like the stock market. Get started today at PropSwap.com. Download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. We're also brought to you in part by Paramount+. Plus. The summer of soccer continues on Paramount+. Plus. Stream over 2,000 soccer matches a year from around the world. That's all the heart-pounding drama from CBS Sports, including the UEFA Champions League, the Europa League, Italian uh, Serie A, uh, as well as the uh, the Brazilian division, uh, all over the place. The NWSL, the Asian Football League, the CONCACAF Cup that just concluded. You find all of this in one place, and that is Paramount Plus, it's the best of the beautiful game. Beautiful names like Messi, Mbappe, Ronaldo, Rapino, Puslich. Be part of all the excitement as the champions are crowned and history is made. 
The world's game lives here on Paramount+. Plus. Visit ParamountPlus.com, start your free trial, stream every soccer match live. And we're brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. Make sure to head over to underdogfantasy.com, use our promo code SGPN, and get a free $25 bet. That's right, sign up right now. Get a free shot at a million bucks. Download the app in the App Store, the Google Play Store, and sign up at underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. And a reminder, the SGPN app is right there live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the SGPN family of shows and everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us. It's the SGPN app. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. As promised, she will be on the call on the ESPN Plus portion of the top-ranked show with Saturday night coming on the worldwide leader and the trilogy, the third fight between Andrew Maloney and Joshua Franco. Uh, Also, she and Michaela Mayer making history. They're the first ever female broadcast crew. They'll be on the international feed as well of the main card that's coming up. Christina Poncher is back with us. Marquise, we must have done something right if we have (laughs) Christina back because she's she's willing and gladly to come back uh, with us here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Christina, how are you? I'm well, TJ. Thank you, Marquise, for having me again. I'm super excited about this weekend. I'm super excited for Michaela to get the opportunity to put the headset on and, and uh, call fights for the first time and uh, to make a little bit of history, uh, you know, just some icing on the cake. <laughs> that is neat. And we're going to talk more about that in a second. Uh, very juicy subplots to the main event fight that will be going on here. <laughs> a lot of anticipation about Andrew Maloney and Joshua Franco, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tell me, tell me more because Maloney believes he was robbed of what should have been a technical knockout. A lot of people uh, believe that. And it was just something that uh, was unprecedented for me uh, calling a fight and sitting there for what felt like three hours when really it was like 30 minutes waiting for this <laughs> replay. And um, I was with Chris Algieri on the call and we're just going back and forth about what the what we're calling this remotely from a studio. So we're not on site, which added another challenge to that night. And I'm hearing Andrew and he's like, this is ridiculous. It was a jab. I was, I peppered him with the jab, you know, all, every 50 times in these two rounds. And then you have Robert and Franco saying headbutt, headbutt, headbutt. You see it on the replay. I'm trying to find a headbutt. I'm trying to, you know, you don't want to sound impartial one way or or another when you can't see clearly and we weren't there on site and we're relying on replay and I mean god it just it was just unfortunate the way that it went down but thankfully in boxing you know sometimes sometimes has a way to right some wrongs and they will have a, a trilogy and and hopefully you know uh there will be no controversy in this one and and we'll get a clear and decisive uh winner or we'll get a draw and we do it again for a fourth time and everyone makes <laughs> more money so <laughs> Funny you mentioned the draw, Christine, because that's uh, that's something that Joshua Franco was pretty much used to at fourth and uh, trilogy and fifth fights. But I want to actually just slide out because we, we chased down Bernardo Arsuna last time when he, about last November about this. We, me and TJ, think this is a punch that yeah, that Andrew threw. Uh, what say you about that? 
About which? Say it again. Do you, you broke think up it oh, was yeah. a punch now that you've had time to analyze it and so much scrutiny leading yeah. up to the fight? Was it a punch like like Maloney I, claims? I mean, I believe that it it was consistent jabs after jabs after jabs that caused that. It didn't I didn't see a headbutt. I've seen some very, you know, some headbutts that, you know, were very obvious that done less damage than that. So I would have to believe, and after looking at the compu box and how many jabs that he landed in just two rounds, that uh, even if there was a little a, a braze or graze of the head to the eye, um, there's no denying that he did pepper that eye with, I think, 51 jabs in two rounds that were landed. Yeah, and he targeted it. There's clear, It's clearly that. Um, Franco dominated, I think that's the right word, the first fight, the first go Agreed. around. So there, there's a lot of intrigue here in this main event because – Maloney, it was ruled a no decision. It was a quick no decision in two rounds, no contest, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but Franco was really good in the first fight. Is that worth much in your mind for Saturday night? Absolutely is. And I think that um, he held his own and he came in there uh, in the top rank bubble and, you know, was the, the underdog in the fight. And I think some of the scorecards were were somewhat close, but yeah, I, I think dominated was a good word. And I think that actually Andrew was off to a fantastic start. The first two rounds of the second fight, he stuck to his game plan. He said he wanted to jab and move. He wanted effective aggressiveness, all the things that he told us in the notes that we were starting to see come to fruition. And then, and then the, uh, the controversial call happens. So uh, it would be important for Andrew to pick up where he left off. And it would be important for, I think for Franco to uh, look at how that fight started and maybe do something a, a tad bit different to get off like he did in the in the first fight. Marquise, you got something else for Christina here at the moment? Absolutely, I do. Uh, Christina, one of the, I was going to talk to you about the actual co-main event as well. It's a big crossroads fight between Joshua Greer and, 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 and uh, Jason Maloney. Uh, I, I was on the media call Monday uh, listening to both of them. Pretty much both of them are pretty much fired up for it. Uh, Greer mentioned not to mention the pillow talk, which I was very disappointed in on my end personally. But <laughs> I just want to get your thoughts on the fight itself in general of in the co-main event of Harry and ESPN. Yeah, so that fight's actually going to be the last fight on the undercard stream. The co-main event is going uh, is, is uh, going to be Barbosa and Antonio Moran. So, and then okay. Nico Ali Walsh will be uh, making his pro debut in the fight actually right before, uh, like in a, I, I don't want to call it a special attraction. Me and Ray Flores <laughs> have a thing about that, but in a, in a featured bout before. Um, but to that point for that fight, um, this fight was supposed to happen months and months and months ago. I think it's a big crossroads fight for both of these guys. Maloney coming off the Inouye um, loss, which I mean, God, Inouye is just incredible. And, and I don't think, I think you can make yourself better for being in a fight against somebody like that and learn a lot. And I'm sure that Maloney did. And for Josh, I mean, coming off a draw and a loss, um, or a loss and then a draw, he really feels like he has something to prove. And this may be kind of the last opportunity on against a name opponent on a stage like this. And um, he's probably right. So I, I'm really excited for these guys. Uh, there's been some talk back and forth. And, you know, I, I could see the fight going the distance, but both of them do have bad intentions. So I, I'd like to see a knockout, but neither one are extreme knockout artists. So I wouldn't bank on that. We love the insight of Christina Poncher from, uh, top Rank Boxing's coverage. You will see her on the ESPN Plus coverage. Uh, she's also on the international call of the Saturday Night Fight card. Joe Tessitore, Tim Bradley, Andre Ward will call it domestically in the United States. But Christina will be on the call with Michaela Mayer, uh, the first all-female 
a fight broadcast crew on, on a men's event, and she's joining us here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Okay, so you've been asked this a bunch, but can we ask you it one more time? There is some magnitude to this young lady that is coming on Saturday. Uh, I know you're excited. Michaela's excited. I won't speak any more for you, but what is it like to be able to be part of history, essentially, on the play-by-play call? Um, you know, TJ, I think it's something uh, that um, – you know, ha- has been in the works in terms of first me moving into that role, something that hadn't been done. And I think it was over 10 years since Claudia Trejos was the first uh, woman to do it. And, and Michaela Mayer is just such a great fit. Not only is she a world, ha- world champion, uh, she's an Olympian and she's great on the mic. She's got a great personality. She's funny. If you follow her on Instagram, you can tell that she has this kind of made for TV reality show, uh, you know, relationship with her, with her boyfriend, family, dogs. I mean, she's incredible. So I think that she's going to add a lot of flavor to the broadcast. And I just hope that people understand that this is her first time doing color commentary. It is a challenging position. It's a challenging job and she's going to be more than prepared. And I think she's more than capable um, of doing it. And the fact that we get to bring the fight to the the worldwide audience, including the UK, Ireland, Australia, who obviously has a vested interest in in this fight card is a a really great opportunity for us. And I think she's going to knock it out of the park and she's got a long ways to go with her fighting career. But I think that this is something you got a taste of it when she was on the set with uh, Joe Tess and the guys a few weeks ago. She did a great job, and now it's the first time putting on the headset and, and calling a fight, and I think that she's going to do a great job, and I will do my best to, you know, uh, underhand underhand pitcher and let her <laughs> and knock it right out every chance that I, that I get. Marquise knows this. I'm going to remind you of this. I am the father of 13-year-old twin daughters. They are aspiring to be whatever they want to be for anybody and everybody that has kids that what you know that wants them to grow up and be whatever they can be especially girls this is a tremendous thing uh to be able to show them and i will show them take a look at christina and michaela calling men's boxing you can do this girl power we're all about the girl power christina poncher thank you thank you so much for saying that and that gave me chills i mean at the end of the day it's that's what i do it for i when I first got the opportunity to do play by play, I was so hesitant because there wasn't, and I haven't seen, you know, I grew up in Southern California with the Vince Scullies and the Chick Hearns. And I mean, you talk about the, the legends that have been in that role from where I'm from. Um, obviously I have 30, 40 years to go before I can even be mentioned in the same breath as them. But what I'm, but to be able to have the opportunity as a woman at this point, and now I have a daughter and her to be able to see, and I have a son for them to be able to see what their mom's been able to do, make a little bit of history and to show other girls that, there is now somebody in that role and you don't have to be only a ring card girl or you don't have to be, you know, nutritionist. You don't have to be a publicist. Like you can also do play by play. You can call fights and you can know just as much as your male counterparts. And I'm glad to be able to kind of help, you know, push that along in a sport that I love so much. And and you guys do too. So thank you so much for that. And I I hope to make your girls proud. (laughs) There are, Hey, there are a bunch of people that are rooting for you. Marquise, anything else for Christina Poncher of top rank and ESPN on the call Saturday night, Tulsa, Oklahoma coming up. Anything else? Absolutely, TJ. I want to mention, Christine, because you mentioned Dodger baseball and Vince Scully. My favorite Vince Scully thing still is, Fernando Valenzuela's day-to-day, aren't we all? And my classic. <laughs> I <laughs> love that. But my question I have for you, Christina, was actually in regards to uh, the upcoming top rank schedule. Uh, do you have any idea what, what, what fights are coming down the pike so far? We're hearing rumors of, you know, Lomachenko versus Kami. I've heard Joe Smith versus uh, Umar Solovanov at some point. Jamel Heron versus Kirsten. Listen to Marquise trying to work I mean, Christina so we can break some news on the sources. podcast. Sources say. No sources. sources. 
No, it's I mean, I, 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 <laughs> what have you been hearing? I'll, 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 I'll do that. Uh, pretty much all the same things that that you have. I mean, what we have announced is what, you know, I know to be official. I know they're working on uh, something for Crawford too, obviously trying to get that Porter uh, situation done. Uh, I don't know what the plans are for anyway, but I'd like to think that he's going to be back in the mix here soon. I think Berlanga is going to be in a, in a good fight uh, back east at the Garden. Um, who else do we have coming up that they're trying to work out? Obviously, you know, we have Tucson coming up and Valdez. So, I mean, a lot of things in flux, but pretty much what you've heard is is what I'm privy to uh, as well. They're, they really are good about keeping things somewhat hush until, as you as you know, things get signed on the dotted line. And then sometimes thereafter, they fall through. So. And, yeah. and as Christina will be the first one to testify, she's staying in her lane. And when they tell her it's time to go here and go do a fight, then she's talking all about going there and doing the fight, right? Hey, I don't have this job for 10 years because I leak any information that I'm not supposed to. <laughs> nice try, Marquise. Nice try, and, and they know not to put me in that position. You know what I mean? So I just do my job, do what I'm supposed to do, and then I'm I'm home with the kids in between, and I'm not really poking and prying around too much. So, um, But Marquise, you have some good insight there, and, and yeah. uh, I think you're on the right track with, with what we have planned coming up. So. Suffice right. to say, it will be very interesting to see what happens uh, across the landscape of Top Rank and mm -hmm. ESPN. We do know what is happening. The third fight, we're selling it one more time between Joshua Franco and Andrew Maloney. Maloney believes he won the second fight and that it was taken from him essentially on a no decision. So it's kind of double revenge for him. Franco was saying, no, 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 the Texan. I, I won the first fight. I didn't lose the second fight. That's the backdrop for fight number three, WBA Junior Bantamweight Championship fight. And again, Christina Poncher will be on the call on ESPN Plus with Michaela Mayer and then the international feed of the main card on ESPN. It will be everywhere. And you mentioned in Australia, they'll be, they'll be uh, uh, watching mm -hmm. you uh, with great interest because what it will be Sunday about mid-morning as that fight's going on, if not lunchtime in Australia, Sunday Correct. when it all unfolds. And I know you're excited to be broadcasting it everywhere outside the United States for that reason one more time. Yeah, I mean, that's the only bummer is that like, I, you know, my grandfather, a pr proud grandfather is like, I'm having a viewing party with all my friends. And I said, well, are you flying to another continent to watch it? Because you, won't be, you won't be able to see us unless you are, uh, you know, uh, watching on the international feed. But uh, somehow <laughs> I think you'll get grandma and grandpa a tape down the road. They may not be able to see it live, but a little replay might be in the office. Uh, uh, that, that's already in the works. I got the truck working on a, on a, you know, digital copy for me to, to pass along to friends and family and, and for me to keep for myself for, for, uh, for memories in the future. But yeah, I History. said, well, you can enjoy, enjoy Joe, Joe Tess and the crew. They do a great job. You just won't hear me on the, on the international call for now, but my day is coming. You heard it here first. I will one day be on that, you know, I'll be, I'll get the call up to the major leagues and I'll be calling that, that those world champion fights one day on the, on the main show. <laughs> I, I don't doubt it for one second. So great to have Christina Poncher with us from Top Rank Boxing and their coverage on ESPN Saturday night show again, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Christina, thank you for hanging with us on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. We always appreciate it. Appreciate you guys for having me. Always great conversation. Thanks, TJ. Thanks, Marquise. Enjoy this weekend. Uh, again, uh, historical stuff. Can't emphasize enough. She and Michaela Mayer will be on the call on ESPN Plus if you're watching the undercard fights. And then they will be on the international feed. Uh, great opportunity for her as Joe Tessitore, Tim Bradley, Andre Ward will call the fight 
uh, the fight card and the main event, Franco and Maloney on ESPN. She and Michaela Mayer will call it everywhere else. I think it's a great point she brings up. There'll be a lot of fight fans in Australia. Sunday, midday in Australia, they'll be watching this. She'll be on the ESPN International call. Absolutely, TJ. Not only the, uh, the Australian call, but also the, uh, the call for Sky Sports on the international feed as well. It's, it's a big-time event for her, and it's, it's also historic as well. And I'm actually looking forward to it because, as we know, TJ, we talked to her all the time. I talked to her. Uh, Poncha knows her stuff, and her co-host that's going to be doing it with her, Michaela Mayer, knows us just as much as she does. It's going to be really interesting. And as Christina was saying, this is not some person that just showed up and they suddenly handed this to. She had been working for top rank in the media department, working with the fighters, uh, she then moved up to the ESPN broadcast as kind of like the third person doing interviews. She has paid some dues and you hear her call a fight as somebody that does this for a living and has been in the media for 30 years. She is very good. She is solid and she's very good at calling a fight and good for her and good for Michaela Mayer, who I hope makes the most of the opportunity. Uh, former U.S. Olympian, WBO featherweight women's champ. They are girl power. Like I was saying to uh, to Christina, girl, as, as the father of 13-year-old twins, I got nothing but estrogen in my household, Marquise Johns. Between the <laughs> twins, my wife, the dog is even a female. I am outnumbered four to one. It's like the Lakers in the 80s on the Showtime Laker fast break. I'm, I'm the lone Sacramento king back on defense. Is Worthy dunking on me? Is A.C. Green dunking on me? I got nothing but women in my life, Marquise. Either way, TJ, make sure you're away from that poster. You do not want to be on that poster <laughs> when Magic Johnson jumps. I'm just telling you now. I just I appreciate the fact that I can make an 80s Lakers reference and you actually get it because so many kids these days are going under 25 years old. Who are they, who are they talking about? I have no idea what who the, James Worthy is. Yeah, uh, I'm filling the lane with, uh, with Magic. Go back and YouTube it, uh, as the kids like yeah. to say. All right, so let's get into <laughs> the fights, the fight picks, and the odds. Andrew Maloney, Joshua Franco, third fight. Second fight ruled no contest. Maloney is favored, Marquise, uh -huh. uh, here in Tulsa. Kind of uh, regionally, it favors Franco because he's from Texas. Maloney, obviously, from Australia, but this is not in the state of Texas. In front of Tulsa, Oklahoma crowd, uh, Maloney minus 245, Franco plus 195 for Franco's WBO Super uh, uh, Flyweight Championship. What about it here, Marquise? What do we think? I'm thinking, TJ, honestly, that these – well, one thing, first of all, I listened to the press conference today. These two guys don't like each other at all. Franco called uh, Andrew a crybaby. Andrew's uh, pretty much been, has been dwelling about this, this these last two fights. And as mentioned on the media call that he's been watching for about 10,000 hours worth of it. So he, he wants his belt back. Franco uh, is looking to retain it. I actually think, TJ, that Franco makes the adjustment and keeps that belt. He doesn't get caught with that same jab that hit him 46 times where it was ruled a headbutt. He gets out of this one like it was in the second fight. That's what these odds are reflecting. I think he finds a way to, to pull off the upset again like he did in the first one where he was a 9-1 to underdog. And he was dominant yeah. um, in that first fight. He overwhelmed Maloney. Uh, I don't know. And, again, that was in the uh, ESPN top-ranked Las Vegas bubble. No fans. Uh, Maloney – uh, had to come to the United States and train for about a month and go into the bubble and 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 be in quarantine when that when the first fight happened. The second fight obviously happened um, uh, last December and never really got off the ground because it was over with in the second round. And I, I understand. I mean, Jason Maloney, or I'm sorry, Andrew Maloney, uh, utilized the jab, the left hook. He saw that right eye and it was damaged. And here we go again after we've been knocking and banging on the WBA. They were trying to get the WBA to rule 
to overrule the Nevada commission and call that a second round TKO and not a no decision. They appealed and the WBA didn't do it. They left it a no contest. So now Maloney looking for the revenge. Um, I kind of like Maloney in this one. We'll see. I kind of like him in this one to recapture his title that he lost to Franco in the first place. What else is on the undercard, including odds worthy here while we make fight picks on the top rank ESPN card Saturday night? A uh, solid 50 50 fight, TJ, on the uh, co main event between uh, uh, Arnold Barbosa and, and Antonio Miranda, which is going to open up the fight card. That's going to be pretty fun. And also, this will be the uh, premier uh, pro debut of Nico Ali Walsh, TJ, the grandson of uh, some Muhammad Ali guy you may have heard of. He's making wow. a debut in the four rounder and in what they called a special attraction, as Poncho told us in the co main event. So that's going to be. It's a fun card in Tulsa, up and down. Uh, keep an eye, if, you, if you're watching on, on the ESPN Plus, which I think starts at 6.30 Eastern, uh, Maloney's uh, other brother, Jason, is facing Joshua Greer. That's going to close out the ESPN Plus portion of it with Poncher calling on it. That's a good fight as well. I think that's a fight that's going to be pretty much loser leaves town. And, and you were joking fun. about Joshua Greer out of Chicago, yes. nicknamed previously Night Night, and he always came to the, to the ring with a pillow that he's pillow. going to put his opponents to sleep, but he's like abandoning that now, right? Yeah, that's Duke disappointing. TJ, I'm, I'm TJ. I was crushed on the media call when I asked about the pillow, and all, and I got immediately ran off the freaking media call. Hey, no pillow talk. And I was like, man, like you, no you, pillow you, talk. No pillow talk. You get TJ. You talked about what gets you to the dance. I mean, once you're at the dance, Amen. You dance, or, or you're still on the wall. Like, what are we doing here? But that, that should be a fun fight either way. We're about the pillow. All right. So those are those fight cards. Let's move on here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. In our remaining moments, we're talking about the fights and the fight picks. All right. The Showtime card: John Real, Casimiro, uh, Guillermo Rigandau. Uh, Rigandau, what? Forty? We're not sure. He's Cuban. He might be forty-two or forty-three that. years old. Who knows? That's the main event: Dignity Health Sports Complex, Carson, California. Don't call it the Punch Bowl, even though Mauro Ranallo will call it that on Showtime. They want to call it the War Grounds, et cetera. How anxious are you for this fight? Second defense, WBO belt for Casimiro, the Filipino. Uh, these are bantamweights. What about this, Marquise? Uh, decent replacement with Rigandau, TJ, taking place of who was originally supposed to be Norito Dornier in this fight, as you well know, supposed to be a unification bout, but that kind of fell by the wayside. So Casimiro gets uh, Rigandau instead. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, we'll see if Rigandau can actually uh, make this a, a closer fight than what it is, because if, if you've seen one Rigandau fight, TJ, you've seen them all where he boxes on the outside and stays on the outside for 36 minutes. So let's hope he doesn't do that again like he did against the Solis fight. And I think Casimiro has just enough pop and enough inside game to make that happen, make it a, make it a little a lot interesting actually i actually like casimero in this i know he he's he's the favorite in this and i know a lot of folks are rooting for rigandau on this but as you mentioned before tj uh and i'd like to say rigandau is a miguel tejada 36 which mean uh, which could be a myriad of numbers so i'm i'm, I'm thinking <laughs> well we know this he had practically a 15 year amateur career before turning pro and was in the olympics a couple of times for the cuban national team yeah. uh and now here he is 40 41 42 we're not sure Plus 190, uh, Casimiro minus 235 if you're taking the favorite. Are you looking a decision route here? This one is under over nine and a half rounds. I'm take the over on that, TJ. I think Rigonel will dance just enough to make it at least toward the 11th. And I also think because Casimiro is not that big, not that, that huge of a power puncher unless it's on the inside, which Rigonel will not be at, at all during this entire fight. <laughs> Anything else on the PBC uh, Showtime card? Saturday night, Carson, California, uh, yes. Gary Antonio Russell, and, uh, and Emmanuel Rodriguez, right? 
Yes, a big step of fight for Gary Antonio Russell, TJ, and I, I'm really seeing how he's 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 stepping up. He's he's been pretty active, unlike several other Russells in the family. Uh, he's been active and <laughs> being, being being at it, and I'm looking forward to that. That's a 50-50 fight as well, TJ, against Emmanuel Rodriguez, who who can punch a little bit. So we'll see how that all shapes out. It's a, it's a, it's a big step up for him. All right, again, a few moments left on the Big Fight Weekend podcast, but we're like those commercials for the Ginsu steak knives in the 80s. How much would you pay now? $39.95, $49.95. Wait, there's still more. We've got more fight cards this weekend. Also in Frisco, Texas, at the training facility of the Dallas Cowboys, the uh, Golden Boy uh, promotion show uh, to be streamed on DAZN features Virgil Ortiz, the unbeaten welterweight 17 and 0, 17 KOs. He will fight contender Adigius Cavalascas, aka Mean Machine, Mean Machine Cavalascas, who formerly challenged uh, Terrence Crawford for the WBO welterweight world championship before succumbing on a TKO. He hung in there for a while with Crawford. Now Ortiz here against the veteran. This is the classic, as we always talk about, the young up-and-comer with all the knockouts against a veteran here. Size it up, and what do we like for gambling purposes in the Golden Boy main event in Frisco, Texas, Saturday night? Like this one, TJ, for Virgil Ortiz. It's, it's, it's the second bout for him in Frisco. It's, it's pretty much a hometown bout for him against Mean Machines. A fun matchup, TJ. I'm, I'm willing to see where Ortiz is at uh, pretty much in terms of uh, stacking up against Walter Weitz because everyone's going to gauge this because he faced, he's facing Kavalaskis, who was in with Crawford, who, who did somehow manage to knock down Crawford, ruled a slip in that third round back when they fought in December. It's going to that, that, that knockdown's going to haunt Crawford for a while. But with Ortiz, it, th- th- this fight will pretty much solidify him uh, at the uh, in terms of WBO rankings at that quasi mandatory position. That's whenever they don't rotate or put Sean Ortiz, or- massive favorite, minus fifteen twenty. I'm looking at here, and, and the odds may change obviously as we release on Friday that's- morning. And the under over only six and a half rounds. And and again, that's 17 fights, 17 knockouts for the Texan Ortiz fighting in Texas in his region uh, against Cavalascus. But the odds makers really believe this is going to be Ortiz and Ortiz big in this one. Yeah, they think it's going to be a showcase. I think Kavalaskis is crafty enough to, to make it past the six and a half rounds. I don't think he's going to win because I think you, you got that negative 1,500. I, last time I saw that, that's gone up. It was at negative 1,100 when I was looking at it a while back. So pretty much the money's coming in on Ortiz. That's where the money should stay. And I, I do think it, it, it may go at least seven rounds. All right, and one more fight card as if we didn't have enough. Here we go again. The final fight camp series, Matchroom Boxing Headquarters in the London suburb of Essex, England. And that is a light heavyweight uh, showdown. Uh, I know you're very intrigued by Joshua Boutsy, and uh, he will fight against a Latvian light heavyweight contender, Richard Bolotniks. Bolotniks has a couple of losses, but Bolotniks has won his last seven fights. Uh, Boutsy unbeaten. It is a light heavyweight contender fight for Eddie Hearn's matchroom main event. Marquise, thought or two, even on that one Saturday afternoon, U.S. time, Saturday night prime time from England? Yes, TJ. Uh, Richard Blotniks, uh, well-known for winning the MTK Golden Contract Light Heavyweight Tournament uh, during the pandemic, uh, was one, one of the few times I was able to see Richard Blotniks and Tyson Fury in the same building. That was always fun. But uh, outside of that, TJ, no, I, I obviously is a heavy favorite, and he should be. Pretty much, TJ, these MTK contract winners, last week was Jazza Dickens. He was getting pounded into the ground by Kid Galahad. And this weekend, it's it's Richard's turn to get pounded by Joshua Blotsy, who I think will probably stop in about five rounds. 
All right, and again, that's Saturday afternoon U.S. time, and it concludes the Matchroom three-week fight camp. Of course, one of the main events derailed again by Connor Ben testing positive for COVID-19. We should make one more disclaimer. We're taping this podcast, Pull the Veil Back, on Thursday night, and you may know that we have a COVID situation in one of these fight cards that we're talking about. Marquise and I don't know that, obviously, as we release the podcast on Friday into Saturday. We'll update everything as we go along on BigFightWeekend.com. If there's more uh, news, if there's more positive COVID tests, God, I hope not. Luckily, at least this time, we have several different fights and fight cards to fall back on if we have something like that here in the final 24 to 36 hours before one of them comes off. Thank goodness, TJ, we have quantity this week uh, as opposed to just, you know, just to select like two fights and we're kind of looking crazy at each other. Uh, thankfully, with that, uh, we'll keep you updated with it as always on BigFightWeekend.com. Hopefully these guys all make weight. The one guy that was supposed to be on the Golden Boy co-main event at Strawweight didn't because he was at 120 and uh, for a 100 pound pound fight. <laughs> Not going to cut it. So that fight didn't make it to the to, to, uh, air to Saturday from Frisco. But everybody else, hopefully we'll find out over the weekend if they all make weight and they, we all see them, see them all in action. Okay, and if I had to pin you down, one fight that you can watch this weekend, putting you on the spot right here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast, what would you say, Marquise, the one, if you could only watch one, would be, and why? Uh, not to sound like a homer here and, 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 and a suck-up, but it would be the Franco Maloney 3 fight, TJ, only because I know it's going to be the one that's going to guarantee the most action of both of them. I don't know what version of Rigondeaux we're going to get because that could put you to sleep. Uh, pretty much Ortiz is just in a step-up fight, and for the most part, the match from card, TJ, it's – it's a glorified backyard barbecue for at Hearn's house. That's all that really is. So, all right. And again, uh, we want to thank Christina Poncher for being with us. Thanks also to top rank boxing for helping uh, line her up for us. Again, she'll be on the ESPN plus card, uh, a call of that portion of the card. And then the main card begins, I believe at 10 Eastern time yes. uh, coming with the main event, probably somewhere around 1130, 1145 Eastern time for Franco and Maloney. Again, that'll be midday in Australia and the Maloney twins, Jason Maloney on the undercards, a former world champ, Andrew Maloney trying to get his belt back. So they are, they are very popular fighters down under. Uh, let's see what happens in Tulsa, Oklahoma again from Tulsa to California with Casimiro and Rigondeaux, back to Frisco, Texas, all the way to Essex, England with Matchroom Boxing. One more time, Marquise. We'll have previews. We'll have recaps. We'll have all of it on the website, right? Absolutely, TJ. BigFightWeekend.com, your source for all boxing news, past, present, and future. We'll keep an eye on these fights going on this weekend, see who wins, see if there's any uh, surprising upsets, see if there's anything of note happening over the weekend. Maybe get some additional fight announcements coming up. I mean, a lot of these fight cards have dropped off, TJ. Someone's got to step up on these promotions to, to make more fights. I mean, that's kind of what they, their, their job is, to make fights. So we'll see if that happens and anything else. We'll keep, up, keep you updated at BigFightWeekend.com. Love all of that. Follow him again at Week Sauce Radio. Follow us at Big Fight Weekend on Twitter. Big Fight Weekend as well is the Facebook page to engage with us and find out more. However you found this podcast, social media links, sportsgamblingpodcast.com website, etc. Subscribe. Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify. Look us up under Big Fight Weekend. Subscribe. We've got tons. we got Manny Pacquiao title fight next week. We've got some other uh, very intriguing action with uh, Anthony Joshua uh, slated to fight against uh, uh, Alexander Usyk in Usyk. September. Oscar De La Hoya Marquise, as you know, returning in September. The uh, rescheduled Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder fight for October. You want to be subscribed to this podcast in the preview mode 
And if we come back in the recap mode after the weekend is over with, please subscribe and you get an automatic ding and automatic notification through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get them, the Big Fight Weekend. For now, we're good. Marquise, enjoy the weekend. We'll be reading you much more on the website. Thank you. More time. Thank you, Christina Poncher of Top Rank for being with us as a guest. We thank you for listening. Enjoy the fights. Read the website, bigfightweekend.com. We're back soon with another, another edition of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Bye.